If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Well, hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 165 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on the fourth day of the final month of the year, December of 2022, and holy crap, it is December. How the hell is that possible, man? It's the last month of the year. Wow. Wow. Well, I do hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving since we didn't chat last Sunday. I missed you. I did. It was the first weekend that I took off since probably early July when my grandmother passed away. That was probably the last time I took off, so it's been a while. But I did miss you last Sunday. The last two weeks have been mostly, well, the week before this past one was quieter. This past week, there's been quite a bit of action, so this episode does come just in time. So, but last week, I did miss you. I know I managed to have a much-needed nice weekend, though, as I hope you did as well. And now, after Thanksgiving came and went last weekend, here we stand on December 4th. It's crazy. Christmas is three weeks away from today, good lord. Pun intended, I guess. (laughs) But before we talk about three weeks from today, how about we talk about today? Because today, for those of you who don't already know, for you baseball fans out there who don't know, in which case, climb out from under your rock, today is the start of the winter meetings. It's the first time since 2019 that they're happening, in case you forgot. Usually it's an annual thing right around this time. First couple of weeks of December, usually. But it hasn't happened since 2019, because, well, COVID canceled it in 2020. And then the lockout screwed it last year. So, this is the first time in years that the winter meetings are taking place. And it's usually my favorite time of the offseason. And I haven't gotten to experience the excitement of it, neither of the rest of us, for a couple of years now. So it's really good to have them back. I'm really excited. This is usually the time where the most things happen. Not necessarily all the time. Sometimes big deals go down during it. And sometimes deals have to wait until January. Or even Maybe even the first couple of weeks of February. Right before pitchers and catchers report to spring training. Depends on the year and who's on the market. What the circumstances are. Bunch of factors go into You don't need me to explain it to you if you're a baseball fan. But we have been talking about them coming up for weeks now. And finally, they have arrived again for the first time since 2019. And needless to say, people expect lots to happen for these winter meetings this year in 2022. There's a lot riding on this year. And if nothing does happen, that doesn't mean nothing's going to happen. Certain decisions have to be made before the winter comes to an end. But... People are expecting a lot, and even more so to start the weekend now. They're expecting even more, because at the start of the weekend, you know, right away on Friday, 
before they even officially started today, on Friday. The weekend already started red hot with the Jacob DeGrom news. I mean, my God, five years, $185 million with the option for a sixth that would put the entire contract at a total of $222 million with the Texas Rangers? I mean, who could have seen that coming? I mean, I know the Rangers a little while back were rumored with DeGrom, but it was kind of hard for me to believe that he would leave the Mets until it actually happened. Just a couple of days ago, some people speculated based on past quotes and whatnot that he really just, he was mentally checked out of here. And maybe he was going that far back. Maybe he was, especially after the elimination against the Padres in the wild card series this past postseason. Maybe that was the last straw for him. I don't know. Apparently, the Mets didn't even really get to make a final offer. The offer that we heard they made was three years, 120, because, you know, because of his injury problems in the last few years. And that's understandable. Despite him being the best around when he's healthy, that is also true. But the guy hasn't pitched very much at all the last couple of years. And because of that and the fact that he's transitioning into his mid-30s now, even though, yes, the talent is still there when he is healthy, but he is getting older. Nobody gets younger as they go along. So they offered him three years because I guess they didn't want to go any higher than that because of the age, the injury factor, but the Rangers were willing to do it. But this just goes to show you that players are out there not for the AAV because the Mets actually offered more money annually than the Rangers contract does. The five years 185 that he got from the Rangers. Because the Mets reportedly offered three years 120, which is $40 million a year on average. That's a 40 AAV, $40 million AAV. And the Rangers contract falls a couple of million short of that annually. So... It is about the years, and it's about the total amount on the contract, let alone what the sixth year would do as an option if it's exercised. It would bring the entire contract to a total of $222 million. So that's what it's about, really. So the Mets tried to get him on a higher AAV but for less years, and he went for more years, less AAV, and an option for a sixth year even. So... And the thing that I'm just confused about, I mean, I wasn't 100% surprised that he went to the Rangers because, again, they were rumored with him. I was more surprised because I just, I didn't believe it. I didn't want to believe it until I actually saw it happen, that he was not going to be a Met going forward. And a lot of my fellow Met fan friends are in shambles. And a couple of them are like, you know what? There's a lot of years, a lot of commitment with the age and the injuries. Let him go. Whatever. And whichever side of the aisle you land on as a Met fan, if you're listening, fine. More power to you. The one thing that surprised me yet again, I guess like last winter, was I just don't really get what the Rangers are doing, spending money like George Steinbrenner reincarnated over here. This is still a team that's barely even winning 70 games, well under 500. Still. I think last year, what, they finished with 68 wins, I think? Despite having spent hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars combined with the total of the money on the contracts with Marcus Semyon and Corey Seager, and now they're unloading on DeGrom. I mean, it's just crazy. Like, I I don't really know what the goal is here when they still have so much left to do, and they're just gassing out with this money. They're really opening up the checkbook. I mean, last year, yeah, 68 wins. I was right. 68 and 94 they finished in 2022. Spent a boatload on Semyon, Seager, now DeGrom, they still have plenty of rotational work left to do. They have a bullpen to improve. And yet they have all of this money being shoveled out. And they're not even really a competitor. 
really weird. I mean, maybe DeGrom will help push them closer to being a competitor, if he is healthy, that is. But it's crazy. (laughs) So that's really just the part that surprised me, that the Rangers, again, are opening up the checkbook and just shoveling out this money. Meanwhile, this is a team that, yes, again, like I said, hasn't even hit 70 wins yet. So that started off the weekend red hot. And you got the rumor mill as hot as ever, of course, with the Verlander and Rodon rumors, and they're talking about how the Mets have their eyes set on Verlander now that they lost to Grom, and the Yankees and Mets and maybe a couple of other suitors are looking into Carlos Rodon, which, if you've heard yapping Yankees for a while now, you know that I would very much like it if the Yankees were to acquire Rodon for the rotation. I would love that. Even though starting pitching isn't necessarily their area of need, as much as I would say offense and filling some necessary holes on the left side of the infield, particularly in left field, like we've discussed many a time. We have discussed it all throughout the winter. We've discussed it for months, even going back to the regular season. These are no new points being brought up here. But you can never have enough pitching. We know that expression. It is as old as time itself because it is the truth. You can never have too much pitching. And if Luis Severino, and I know what the ifs, I know. It's drive people crazy. They drive me crazy to a certain degree, but it is true, you know. If you have a healthy Luis Severino, you're looking at a 1-2-3-4 potentially if you acquire Rodon of Cole, Rodon, Nestor, Seve. It's a lethal 1-4. through four. And then number 5, you could have a Frankie Montas, I guess. A lot of people are not believing in Montas after last year. We know the deal with him. He stunk up the joint, even though when he came over... The circumstances were pretty unusual. He had just lost somebody in his family at the time, and he also struggled with a lot of the continued shoulder issues that he came over here with, and those never really seemed, apparently according to reports, to really go away. So he could be your five, or people are talking about Schmidt and Hermann splitting the fifth starting spot, or just either of them having it, which I personally am not a fan of. And if you don't acquire an arm like Rodon, then you're likely especially going to have to split that fifth starter spot with either a, a Schmidt or Herman. We'll give it to one of them. It's it's crazy. I would rather just get Rodon and then have Montas be number five, I guess, for the time being. Because then, again, what happens if Severino gets hurt yet again, which for the last bunch of years has taken place? So you have to take all these into account, and that's why I would personally love Rodon, as I've expressed, a really just hard-throwing, wicked left-handed pitcher, that could really do wonders with the Yankees, in my opinion. Um, but I don't. I personally am not sure if they're actually going to go down that route. If you just go solely based off of reports when it comes to guys like him and Verlander, right now the way they're painting the picture, it seems like the two major suitors for them both are Rodon for the Yankees and Verlander for the Mets, possibly. It'd be interesting to see if the Mets were able to acquire Verlander, though, because a lot of reports are saying that he's going to be seeking a three-year contract. And Verlander, of course, is very up there in age, despite still being as effective as ever. But, like I said with my reasoning for being iffy with getting Verlander, if the Yankees were to be a suitor for him, and he has been linked with them, but my fear for that is him finally, just by luck, because this is just something that would happen with the the Yankees' luck of late. He would come here, and this would just happen to be the year where age finally hits him, or maybe it's just the philosophies don't mix with how he does things, and how the Yankees do things, and this would just happen to be the start of when he hits a wall after spending that much money on him and committing for three years despite him being around 40 years old. 
and it just turning into a complete disaster. I fear for the same thing when it comes to the Mets, but even more so for them because they also have Scherzer on board with them. A seasoned veteran, of course, a a pitcher for the ages, obviously no argument there, even though some Met fans still have the bad taste in their mouth, of course, both from the weekend in Atlanta and also in the Padres series, both of which he did not come up strong the way he was paid to and was supposed to. So you're taking a risk on two very old veterans at that point, really up there in age. Despite them still having terrific stuff, Scherzer overall still had a fantastic season, and Verlander's just coming off of a Cy Young after no signs of slowing down still at his age, after Tommy John surgery late in his career, everything you could throw out there. But especially for the Mets, I... That's a risk. <laughs> it is a risk, having the two of them. I mean, listen, both of them are together, and they're both just doing their thing. It could turn out to be an unbelievable success on the path to a championship. But there's a lot of risk there injury-wise, age-wise, and if those things do take place, either of them or both, that's a lot of money going out the window, and it's a big risk having to go up to three years with guys their age. So with the Mets, I'd be extra concerned. I mean, listen, if they got Verlander, you'd be happy about it. It's Justin Verlander. I'm just saying what could happen, that's all, just for the sake of conversation, I guess. When it comes to the Yankees... There's no question, even though I'd be happy with Verlander, I'm not going to pretend I wouldn't be happy. It's just I'd be very afraid of that potential scenario taking place and this just happening to be the year that he hits a wall and just falls apart and the Yankees commit and ends up biting him in the ass. I'd much rather Rodon, younger, hard-throwing, left-handed pitcher, really adds to a rotation that really just needs that one more solid piece to be fully complete, you feel like. Hopefully if Severino stays healthy again. But if he does, it's just that much better. But nonetheless, those that seems to be the picture that they're painting for both of them right now. You got the rumors with them. You got discussion with the shortstop market still ongoing with guys like Trey Turner, Carlos Correa. There's even more talk on Xander Bogarts heating up the last couple of days since the Red Sox are low-balling him, and it seems like he could even be headed to the National League. <sighs> it's a lot. <laughs> so the rumors are ongoing, and the certain specific moves have happened with your boy Jacob deGrom opening that up, in a way. And then even yesterday, there was news about Brian Reynolds, the outfielder for the Pirates. Him requesting a trade from Pittsburgh, and obviously, Yankee fans have been fascinated by him for years. We all know that between his years of team control left and his ability on the field, defensively, offensively, all around, that he would cost a boatload in players in a trade. Well, now that he's requested a trade, Yankee fans are just, they're really fantasizing about him yet again, throwing his name around, hoping the Yankees will be linked to him and potentially look at him as an outfield option, maybe stick him in left field, leave Bader in center, get Judge back, have him stick in right field. All things that are getting people talking. But of course, at the forefront of all the rumors, all the discussion, especially in the Yankee community, is our main man, obviously, our king, our beloved behemoth, Mr. Aaron James Judge. And things are especially hot right now because they have been saying for the last week or so that it is very likely, not 100% certain because nobody knows unless you're in the room with them, obviously, but it could very well happen that a deal could be struck 
during the winter meetings, which of course spans from today through to, I believe, December 7th. So from now until the mid to later part of the week, the winter meetings will be going on. And there seem to be two main suitors for him. Two main suitors that we've spoken about many times. And there seems to be a third one in the background because they're in on just about everybody because of their willingness to spend as well. The third one being the Dodgers. But the main two are the Yankees and the Giants. We have spoken about this a ton. We know that he met with San Francisco. I'm not sure that that happened the last time I spoke to you a couple of weeks ago or if that happened right after. If not, then that this is the first time of it being mentioned on Yapping Yankees at least. But he did meet with the Giants. They said the meeting went well. I I believe they said that there was an offer on the table, maybe. Judge, when he got there, he was saying that he was just visiting friends and family because those of you who don't know, he is from the Bay Area. So that is his home. And that's why, in the eyes of some, it may be a very compelling option for him because he'd be going back home. And the Giants have been very vocal, saying that, oh, they will not be outbid. They will not be outbid by anybody, the Yankees or any other organization. So they got people talking with those kind of statements. Obviously, it's his home, so that is definitely an area that could be very sentimental to a player. Very sentimental. They might want to go back home. Who knows? But also, obviously, the Yankees, they are another main suitor, obviously. No surprise to anybody. And it was said a few days ago for the first time that there was an offer on the table, apparently, of eight years and $300 million. I don't think that will ultimately cut it, but uh, I think it's a good start to the negotiations. I think it's good. There were additional reports in the last couple of days that his contract will apparently garner nine years. I mean, I've said in the past that I would like to avoid nine, ten years I was on the fence about eight, but I'd be okay with it. I'm not going to—one thing I'm not going to do, though, I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, I guess I could live with eight, but then nine. No, nine is preposterous. Listen, it's a year. <laughs> if one—in my opinion, if one year—if you were okay with eight years, let's say you're one of the people who are okay with eight years, if you were okay with that, and—but then, like, they mentioned the thought of nine years, like, that is utterly preposterous. Absolutely not. I mean, I just, I think you're being a little silly at that point. And if the Yankees adopt that way of thinking that I don't really, I would question how serious they were about bringing him back in the first place. So I don't know what ultimately is going to be. None of us really know for sure what's going to be. A lot of people are saying, oh, it could be nine years, 360 or something like that, or maybe even 10 years, 400. I mean, who knows what's ultimately going to happen. We'll see when it officially comes out. And I cannot wait for it to come out. Obviously, I hope it's in favor of him returning to the Yankees, obviously. Um, A lot of people are out there pretending like, you know, the years and money actually really mean much of anything to them personally. It's the Yankees' money. They could afford it. Don't worry, people. (laughs) I mean, I could understand the concern of, you know, a 40-year-old judge on the team and, you know, he's really doing little to nothing anymore because of his age and or or if the injury troubles return. But I, the one thing I'm tired about, again, I've been saying this for a long time now. I'm tired of hearing people say that Judge is injury prone and, you know, he always gets hurt. He hasn't gotten hurt since 2020, guys, <laughs> in the shortened season. In which case, he missed a bit of that and then still played in the playoffs. Played all of 2021, had a fantastic season. And then just got done playing all of this past year in 2022, having a once-in-a-lifetime season. So... 
I think it's time to drop the injury-prone thing. And even in 2018, he got hurt because he got hit with a pitch on the wrist by Jacob Junis. You know, that's an external factor. There's nothing you can do about that. You're going to get hit by pitches. It hits you in the right spot. You're going to get a severe injury, and that's going to be that. But I really, the really the only, the one year that was really bad with injuries, I'd say it was 2019. Missed a lot of time with that, and a lot of that was just internal issues with him. You know, it was a bad year. 2020 was a shortened year. A lot of people don't even really take it seriously anyway. And you look at the last two years, so there's that. My phone is vibrating. Let me take that off the table. <laughs> the baseball updates. And nothing even is really officially happening yet. But the MLB app and Bleacher Report keep on vibrating my phone. Let me turn that off. Mike, you've been broadcasting for years. Why do you not know to turn off your vibrator ringer already right when you start? Listen, give me a break. <laughs> All right, so lots to talk about, of course. That's really one I wanted to throw at you. A lot of stuff, I know. But that's basically the name of the offseason, guys. Lots of rumors, some things happening, officially happening like the DeGrom news. But a lot of it, until it officially does go down, a lot of just rumors, whispers, that's what happens. That's the name of the offseason. So, the main thing, of course, today that we're talking about, I mean, obviously, we hit on the infield a few weeks ago. We've briefly touched upon the need of left field, how much I want Benintendi back, Now, a lot of people are saying they would love Reynolds since he officially requested a trade with the Pirates just a couple of days ago. So, the discussion's hot there. We can really go more in on left field in a future week. Depending on what happens, we shall see. But there is no doubt that the main subject for this week is undoubtedly talking about the winter meetings and the main rumors within them. And everything I just threw at you was really the main course I should say. And don't underestimate things happening at the winter meetings. Of course, some years the winter meetings come and go and nothing really takes place. But big deals have happened there, guys. It has happened. Especially right now with the offseason chaos being in full swing with them arriving this year. Big deals have happened. They could happen again. I mean, if you look back at what happened in the meetings the last time they happened in 2019, you remember that? The Yankees signed Garrett Cole at 2019's winter meetings, heading into 2020, right? Maybe this year, it'll mean officially signing Judge back. Who knows? It could happen. But my point is, don't overlook the winter meetings or just be like, ah, you know, it's just the winter meetings. Who cares? Sometimes big things happen there. We'll see what takes place. But before we move on to our social media segment for today... There is a brief piece of Yankees news that I want to say, and it came out, I believe it was yesterday or the day before that, but this is something that I'm actually okay with. It came out yesterday that Miguel Castro, former Yankee reliever now, signed a one-year deal worth $3.5 million with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I'm perfectly okay with this, honestly, between how much time Castro spent on the injured list and... When he did pitch, just the results really were not there. At the start, he had some good outings, and he had some decent outings throughout as well, but he is so much of a wild card. And what I mean by that is, and we knew this when he came over, but obviously the Yankees acquired him from the Mets in the Miguel Castro and Joely Rodriguez trade, which I felt was pretty fair at the time. And I think given the results that both sides got, I I think they were pretty pretty even. (laughs) But, to be honest, 
I'm really not going to miss Miguel Castro. And of course, I like all players that leave. I do wish him the best of luck, obviously. But I'm not going to miss him because spent a lot of time on the injured list. And whenever he was on the mound, he was sort of like a right-handed Aroldis Chapman. Didn't necessarily throw hard in the sense of throwing 103, but he did throw pretty hard. He could get his sinker up to the high 90s. So in that sense, he's like Aroldis Chapman, a high-velocity guy, but also could be unspeakably wild. So in that sense, that's why I feel like he was a right-handed Aroldis Chapman ultimately at the end of the day. Really tall guy, could be an intimidating presence on the mound because he has killer stuff when he's on, but when he is off, I mean, get out of the way, otherwise you could be killed. (laughs) Either that or the catcher's going to have to do acrobatics back there. So, I'm really not going to miss the guy all that much. I I think he was a bit of a detriment to the bullpen even at times. Um, I don't really think he held that much value on this team in 2022. And I think the Yankees could make some better improvements out there rather than an arm like him. So, best of luck with the Diamondbacks. I don't think he ended up being a very good fit here. He did have his good outings, of course, and when he was good, like I said, his stuff was really good. His sinker, his slider. He even had a pretty decent changeup, but when they weren't on, I mean, it was a disaster. And I'm not just talking about your average pitcher not having his stuff. It was a disaster. When he was on, though, because of how wicked his stuff was, he could be a really good pitcher. That's the shame of it. It's just about learning control and getting his command under control. But it didn't happen too often with the Yankees, and then a lot of the time he was hurt. So it is what it is. Best of luck with the Diamondbacks, but Miguel Castro will no longer be a part of the Yankee bullpen going forward, at least for now. So that was really the one piece of Yankee news. Like I said, the week before last was really quiet, so I guess it was fine that I do, didn't do an episode last weekend because it was quiet anyway. I would have found stuff to talk about, but still, nothing really happened. And with the winter meetings getting closer and now arriving here today on the 4th, this past week, things started to happen a little bit more. This news about Miguel Castro came out. Obviously, the judge whispers are crazy. The pitching market with Verlander and Rodon mainly is red hot. The shortstop discussion is red hot. So I'd say this week was the better week to do an episode anyway, if you had to compare it to last Sunday. So I guess it worked out. <laughs> so the bi-weekly thing during the offseason is off to a good start, I would say. But yeah, discussion is really hot right now, guys, and I'm excited. I love when the baseball world is just being lit up with stuff. Like the week before last, uh, it was boring. I was like, there's nothing really being spoken about, just the usual crap. But this past week... The DeGrom stuff, the pitching market with Verlander and Rodon, the shortstop stuff with Turner, Correa, now Xander Bogarts as well, and the list goes on there. And you have Reynolds requesting a trade and the outfield discussion getting even hotter because of that. And you have the judge whispers. There's a lot being spoken about in the baseball world right now, and it's always fun when that happens, especially when you get to do a podcast episode on the first day of the winter meetings. That's what it's all about. So I can't wait to see what happens. The next area that I really, I mean, other than judge, of course, and if it does happen at the winter meetings, then this judge deal is going to happen really soon. Whether it happens with the Yankees or the Giants, I mean, they're even saying that it's down to 50-50 now on where he goes. So we'll see. I'm I'm still holding confident that it's going to end up being the Yankees. A lot of you know that I have stuck to my guns with that for months now. I'm sticking to it even now with the winter meetings being here. I'm staying consistent. I try to with all of my takes, and I usually do. 
But this one, I'm keeping my stance on this, guys. I'm standing strong, standing firm with this. He will be a Yankee again. And if he's not, I'll be the first one to come on here and say I was wrong. I was a jackass, whatever. But I think that he is going to be a Yankee again. I think eight years, 300 was a good starting point for the negotiations. I do. But we'll see what happens. It's a part of negotiating. That's You got to have a starting point. The other side brings out their desire. And then, you know, you negotiate. That's what happens. A lot of people were saying, oh, the eight years, 300 is an instant insult. He's out of here. Blah, 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 blah. A lot of you need to learn how negotiating goes. <laughs> I mean, if he does end up being out of here, then fine. I would imagine that means that the continued negotiations following that original eight-year, $300 million offer didn't go very well. But that's it's negotiating. It doesn't always work out. And at the start of it, you put out a number, and then you go from there. And I have to imagine that unlike DeGrom, when they said that he didn't really even give the Mets a chance to give a final offer, I have to imagine that even if the Giants do give him an offer that he is really tempted to take right then and there, I have to imagine, and listen, I could be wrong, I don't know, but I have to imagine that Judge would give the Yankees at least one more chance. Just let them make a final offer. I would have to imagine that he would do that. I mean, who knows ultimately what he would do. And people are going on and on, you know, about how loyalty just doesn't mean anything anymore nowadays. And the vast majority of the time, if not all the time, that is true, unfortunately. It is about the years. It is about the money. We know that this is a business. We know. I would like to think that judge is at least a little different than that. But, I mean, I think Jacob deGrom just proved yet again that, you know, another reminder this is a business. Sometimes nothing more. Most of the time, if not all the time, nothing more. That's all it is. That's why I'm saying Judge could leave. But I'm sticking with my guns and saying that he is going to be back. That's just my personal belief. But I'm not saying it's 100%. He could leave. He could. Especially if he even does give the Yankees an opportunity to give a final offer. And it's still not up to it. He, he could take a deal with the Giants. I don't know. None of us really know for sure. We're not in the rooms. (laughs) We're not his agent. We're not him himself. We're not the organizations that are working through these negotiations with him on either side. We don't know. Not right now, at least. Not yet. So, he could end up leaving, but I'm just sticking with my guns and saying that he's going to stay. If he does leave, and a lot of people are already venturing down that potential road, uh, the Yankees better... Get some damn good names here to make up for that because that is obviously a monumental loss. And the Yankees will be severely ridiculed for it, as they likely will deserve or would deserve because it hasn't actually happened yet. And might never. But people like to go down these sorts of avenues for discussion, for speculation, for debate, whatever the reason may be. It's just the, you know, all of our thoughts wander. It's a part of us. That's, you know, human biology. We all think about things that never even come true. So, but people are saying that, you know, if he doesn't come back, then they better go crazy. And, you know, I agree. (laughs) The Yankees better not pull any punches if that's to happen. I mean, I'm talking, you get a Rodon. You get a solid shortstop. Like a Turner. Like a Correa. Even like a Xander Bogarts. You get a solid shortstop. You don't mess around at all. 
you get a solid left fielder and look into Brian Reynolds. Like, you better not pull any punches if you manage to have the gall to let Aaron Judge walk. Uh, you got to go nuts if you're the Yankees. So I agree with those people speculating all about that, all the names they got to get if judges let go and this and that. Yeah, I mean, we've mentioned all the names at one point or another. We've mentioned all the markets and what they should do and what I want them to do. I mean, I said my offseason wish list. I said it like two, three weeks ago. Week after week after week, I made my goals very clear. I would like for them to add another starter. I would like for them to eat most of or all of Hicks and Donaldson's contracts just to be willing to get them out of here, trade it, package them in a trade, just anything, do anything to offload them. Bring Ben and Tendy back for left field. If you don't bring him back, because there have even been some whispers about what he might demand for years and money and whatnot, if you don't bring him back, then yeah, look at a Brian Reynolds, look into it, see what the Pirates would ask for, because this guy has requested a trade. So he wants out. Look into it. And if Judge does come back, yeah, I don't really see it being very realistic to expect other guys like Reynolds, Rodon, and this and that happening. I don't expect the Yankees to go that insane. But if, especially if he does leave, you better you better go nuts. <laughs> I'm talking, like, yeah, again, getting a legit shortstop. Getting a legit outfielder, whether it be bringing Ben Benintendi back or even going for a Reynolds. Add that starting pitcher. Get Rodon. I want Rodon whether or not Judge does come back. <laughs> so, but that's also my greed talking, you know. I want my team to be a championship team. I think Rodon would really help add to that. You got Judge still out there in the lineup and in right field and in center field if need be. You've spoken about all these prospects, so if you don't get a big-time shortstop on the market like a Trey Turner, Correa, or a Xander Bogarts, then you best make sure that your middle infield at some point or another, if not at the beginning, then, then not too far off in the beginning, better be Volpe and Peraza, and or Peraza. IKF's back, but of course there is no final word on what could happen with that. He could end up being packaged in a trade. He could be a utility guy, even though $6 million, like we mentioned when we spoke about his re-signing, is pretty expensive for a utility guy. Anything could happen there. I would hope that it's not for much more other than utility or maybe being in a, you know, an occasional third baseman because I don't want Donaldson anywhere near this team. So they need to make their moves. And maybe if they... Look for another starting pitcher, like a Pablo Lopez, for instance. We spoke all about how the Yankees reportedly were on the verge of involving Glaber Torres in a trade package for him. And I said that I wouldn't be opposed to packaging Glaber off if it meant filling a necessary hole in this team or making a necessary addition to this team. And I still stick by that. So I wouldn't be ruined by Glaber Torres going. I wouldn't be destroyed if he stuck around either. I'm kind of indifferent towards him at this point, to be honest. I can certainly understand the people not wanting to get rid of him now because they don't really trust DJ to stay healthy with the injury issues he's had the last couple of years, and that is a valid concern. It is a valid concern. And especially right now, because this winter, they're still like having a back and forth on what the hell to do with DJ's toe situation. The surgery. Do we give him surgery? Do we not? And if we do give him surgery, how much time could he miss into spring training or even the regular season? And if we don't, then how do we monitor it going forward? I mean, they just seem to not know what the hell to do about this. It seems like so many off-seasons when the Yankees deal with somebody who's injured in the winter, it seems like they take forever to make these freaking decisions. 
Make a decision already. It's already December. Before you know it, pitchers and catchers are going to be reporting to Florida. So I do understand people with those concerns when it comes to DJ. They might not want to let labor go. Fine, whatever. Then figure out a way to keep him at second, I guess. But I would really love for the middle infield to be taken over by these kids that they have raved so much about. I mean, how could you blame anybody for feeling that way? And obviously you could still have Oswaldo Cabrera if need be in the mix. He could play multiple infield positions. So... Just drop the dead weight. That was my main goal. Add to the starting rotation. Get Judge back. Get a solid left fielder back, whether it be a Benintendi or even now a Reynolds. What the hell? I mean, <laughs> and I'd be fine giving Volpe or Peraza a legit shot at shortstop. Volpe at some point. I don't think he'll be... If the Yankees don't sign a big-time shortstop, which I don't think they will, by the way. It's just my prediction. I could be wrong. But if they do end up not doing that then I do think that Peraza should get an opportunity to at least start the season at shortstop because they might want to give Volpe a little bit more time to develop down in AAA. But then eventually, I mean, if they're not going to go for the big-time shortstop, these kids that they had gone so crazy about, we better see him as the middle infield at some point if you've gone so crazy about them. I don't even care if at the start Volpe is to play second base. Just do what you got to do. As long as you get the dead weight off the team i.e. guys like Hicks and Donaldson, just get them off the freaking team. So, these are necessary improvements that have to be made. And like I've said at the top of the list, bringing Judge back is at the top for me, and this could very well again happen in the next couple of days. So again, the talks are just rampant. They're everywhere. People are going nuts. (laughs) The talk all over social media, it is happening. We've spoken about it. For a long time, all the potential possibilities and the names that keep on popping up week by week, we've hit on them all at one point or another, no matter how in-depth we've gone in, or maybe if we've just mentioned the name and the possibility and what it would mean for the team. But at the forefront of the talks is Aaron Judge, obviously, especially with all the reports saying that a winter meetings deal could very well happen, which would mean... At any point within the next few days, Judge could be signed with either the Yankees or the Giants. His two main suitors, again, I believe it's safe to say. And they keep on mentioning the Dodgers as a potential third, but I mean, they're in at least a little bit on everybody, I think it's safe to say, because they're willing to shovel out an ungodly amount of money, as they have in the past. So, But it seems like the two main suitors are the Yankees and the Giants. So with that being said, that is mainly what the social media segment is about today, just gauging your thoughts on what you feel could happen in these next few days, and with whom, if it is to happen. So, moving on to the final part of today's podcast already, because we are already like 40 minutes in nearly. It's crazy how fast time flies. You sit here talking about what you love, and time flies, man. That's how it goes. But, for the social media segment to round off today's episode... That is quite frankly what it's about since he is at the forefront of discussion as he has been for a long time, obviously. And all the reports indicating that something could very well happen at the winter meetings. Today's social media question, it's actually a poll, so it is a question, but it's a poll ultimately at the end of the day as well. So the poll question is, will a judge deal get done at the winter meetings? And of course, vote and give your thoughts. The three voting choices... The first one was yes and with the Yankees. 
The second was yes and with the Giants. And the third was no, not yet, meaning just it's not going to happen at the winter meetings, but it'll happen at some point later in the offseason, even if it's right after the winter meetings or maybe even right before spring training. Who the hell knows? I don't think it'll drag on that far. But what do you think? Had a good amount of people vote, as always, and of the three choices, could be a little bit biased of a result considering I'm a Yankees podcast, but I would hope that when people are voting and giving their takes that, like me, like I am with all the things I talk about, they could be as objective as possible, meaning that they don't let their Yankee fandom get in the way of really giving a sensible thought and a sensible opinion. Just... Not have your Yankee fandom interfere. Give your honest thought. Just make believe you don't root for any team and you're just looking at this from a neutral standpoint. That's what I do when I give my views. It's very easy for me to turn off my Yankee fandom, even though it's unbelievably strong, like beyond human comprehension. (laughs) But as a fan, or at least a respectable fan at that, you got to be able to turn that off and give an opinion just really from what you really think sensibly, from your brain, not your heart, from your brain, logic, not as a Yankee fan. It's easy for me. It is very challenging for a lot of others when it comes to them doing it for whatever team they root for. So I don't know if these results have to do with the fact that we are mostly Yankee fans here, obviously, but the first choice of yes with the Yankees was victorious by far. (laughs) It earned 73% of the vote. Coming in second was the choice of yes and with the Giants with 17%. And the third choice of no, not yet earned 10%, the remaining 10% of the vote. So the vast majority of you, of course, believe that a deal will happen at the winter meetings before the end of the week, obviously. And it will be with our very own Yankees. As far as what I think... I honestly have no idea. I think there's a good chance they could happen. I'm not saying it definitely will, so I'm not fully committing to any answer, I guess. I'm kind of kind of undecided, but I guess I'll go with yes, it will happen before the end of the winter meeting. Says I honestly, I'm not sure that Judge is going to want this to drag on for much longer because I think, I think it's pretty much set in stone who his suitors are. So I don't think it's a matter of waiting for a potential other team to really, you know, throw their hat in the ring, per se. And I I think it's it could be pretty obvious if they meet consistently in these next bunch of days, like which side really wants to get it done. This is a deal with the two main suitors really being at the forefront. This is a scenario that could be solved in the next few days. And if the Giants do woo Aaron Judge with an offer, then he could end up going back to the Yankees for a final chance, or not, or vice versa. I don't know. Just evaluate where he likes playing the most, who's giving him the most years, money overall, because if the Yankees want to go with less years and more AAV, if Aaron Judge goes down the line of thinking like Jacob deGrom, for instance, and the Giants offer him more years and more overall money along those years, then he'll go with the Giants. It's very possible. Not saying it will happen, but it's very possible. 
I do think that Aaron Judge has some loyalty with the Yankees, but I think that even with him, despite how much I love him and how classy I think he is and how level-headed I think he is, so on and so forth, I I definitely do think that even the it's-just-a-business line of thinking, I think that even has to do with him a lot. I think it's with everybody. It's nothing personal. I think there could be some loyalty there with the Yankees. I do think that he enjoys playing here. But I think ultimately he could very well go with who gives him the most money, who gives him the most years. I am putting faith in the fact that that could be the Yankees. Because I think that he will be back, as I've stated for not just weeks, but months now. I've stuck with that opinion and I'm sticking to it. Even going into the winter meetings. But who knows what's going to happen. But since the two main suitors seem to be pretty evident at this point, I think it's very possible that this could be something that could be solved in the next few days. And a lot of people are accusing Judge, oh, he's holding up the market because it's all about him and he's the main source of attention. I mean, a DeGrom deal went down. (laughs) A deal has happened. One that really did rock the baseball world, so it's not all reliant on Aaron Judge, so I don't think he's holding up the market. But I do think that this is probably something that they would rather solve sooner than later. I mean, it sounds to me like both sides have at one point or another at least put an offer on the table. So if they both have them, they could very well continue negotiations throughout the winter meetings between the two sides, the two main suitors, it would seem like, unless another mystery high market team just throws their hat in the ring, comes into the mix, and just throws an offer at him and sweeps him off his feet. I mean, not very likely. But the two main suitors, I mean, he could just be going back and forth with them and seeing what to do. And that could very well be solved by week's end. So I will say, yes, it could be. I think it very well could be, even though I'm mostly undecided. But I'll say yes. And obviously, not because I'm a Yankee fan, but it's what I've been saying for months now. It's just what I believe what will truly happen objectively in my point of view. I think he'll be back with the Yankees. So I think the obvious choice for me is yes with the Yankees. I have to agree with the majority here. There have been times in my polls where I disagree with the majority. It's just in this instance, I happen to agree with them because I have said for months now, I think he'll be back with the Yankees. And considering it really seems to be the main two suitors in the Yankees and the Giants, and... It's just who's going to throw the most years and the most money, most likely, overall. It could very well get done before the end of the week. And even though we're doing this bi-weekly thing throughout the offseason, when it comes to Yapping Yankees episodes, if Judge does sign this coming week, you bet your ass I'm going to be coming at you with an episode next weekend. So we will be doing back-to-back weeks, and I guess I'll... I'll still do an episode on the 18th because I'm still taking Christmas and New Year's Day off. So so that's the deal with that. But I, then I guess you'll be getting episodes three weeks in a row. There you go. So it's in Aaron Judge's hands at this point. <laughs> Whether or not you get a Yapping Yankees episode next Sunday. The suspense is there. All right, so let's hear some legit thoughts here. Just actual people writing out their legit thoughts and not just voting. But it's obvious that people have made their thoughts heard as well through the voting, people think very well that a deal could get done before the end of the week at the winter meetings, and most think that it will be with the Yankees. So let's start off with at Yankee Ken, and he says, I say Yanks sign him and immediately make him captain. Could be what ends up happening. 
I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility if he is signed. We'll see what happens because we have heard so many Yankee players just talking about how like he's the guy. They follow what he does and he leads by example and they just all look up to him. Even people who are a little older than him, they just they look up to him. Just he's the leader. So could very well happen. Who knows? Let's go with up next we've got at iGolf do you saying, I think we will hear something as early as tomorrow. And obviously, I post my social media segments on Saturday, so that reply was left yesterday. So you mean today, on Sunday. Well, right now, at the time I'm recording, it's 7.30 at night, currently, at this point of my recording. And we haven't really heard much of anything yet, so I'm not so sure it will be today. But obviously, the winter meetings will be going until the 7th, I believe. The 7th or the 8th, which should put us at Wednesday. Let me see when they last until. Sunday, December 4th to Wednesday, December 7th. Yeah, I was right. So, yeah. I mean, they keep on going until Wednesday, so something could be heard before then. I think it will, as I agreed with a lot of other people, clearly. But as far as today, I'm not so sure at this point. Because it's 7.30, it's only 4.30 over there because these meetings take place in San Diego, so they're on the West Coast in California. But I don't know. We'll see. Something could happen later, depending on what time they go on until today. So, if something does happen today, it'll probably be after I'm done recording, because I'll be done probably within the next 10 to 15 minutes, obviously, after I'm done with these replies. So we'll see what happens. Imagine it happens at the end of the episode here. It's going to end up being an hour and a half long episode. (laughs) Up next, let's go with at Salvester001 saying, Yup, and with the Yankees. All right, so basically that first voting choice, fair enough. At Crusaders, BBNY is up next, and they say, I believe before Christmas. Well, I hope it's before Christmas. I don't want this going into January, that's for sure. So maybe not necessarily at the meetings, but before the end of December. All right. Fair enough, I guess. Tina at Mountain Gal 456. My friend Tina says, yes and with the Yankees. All right. So another yes and with the Yankees opinion and reply. All right. Up next is at Bobby Tats 631. And they say, yes, it's done at the winter meetings, but I still think it's a 50-50 between the Giants and Yankees. Fair enough. That's That's what a lot of reports are saying. So, and again, we're not in the room, so we don't know for sure. We're only going to be able to see when the actual deal goes down, you know, which one had more of an advantage. And if people speak more on it in the future, possibly, whether it be Judge himself or someone else close to the situation. But yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm still sticking with, you know, he'll stay with the Yankees, obviously, but, you know, part of me is nervous. You know, I'm not saying that it's definitely going to happen that he'll stay with the Yankees. I've acknowledged that he could leave, so... We'll see. It is a business, like we've said. At Laura underscore Icemont, my friend Laura says, Yes, I'm still confident he'll sign with the Yankees, and it will get done by the time the winter meetings are over. We're waiting for you, Judge. Yes, we are. We are definitely doing exactly that. At Frank Oliveri says, I lean towards yes, but the longer this drags on, the odds increase that he leaves, in my opinion. The team shouldn't just sit on their hands waiting for Judge and miss out on other free agents or trades. Well, I would hope that 
despite the situation going on with Judge, that they're also keeping their attention elsewhere. Because like we've established, the Yankees definitely have their share of holes to fill and improvements to make. Um, they definitely need to figure out the entire left side of the infield. It cannot be IKF at shortstop and Donaldson at third base. Again, we have established that. They need to figure out what to do in left field, whether it be bringing Ben Benintendi back, whether it be looking into a Brian Reynolds sort of a thing, and reports have said, even as recently as just a few minutes ago, actually, because with the winter meetings going on, there's official information leaving the area, whether it be true or false, you know, whether it be a legitimate source or a BS source. Obviously, most sources tend to be BS nowadays. Uh, People are saying that the Yankees definitely tend to be in on the Reynolds situation since he requested his trade from Pittsburgh, so I would hope so. I've said for years now that I definitely would not mind Reynolds on this team. He is a solid outfielder, particularly in the corner outfield spots, which I guess obviously if Judge were to return, I would have him be in left field, of course. He's a quality hitter at the top of the lineup, which the Yankees need, by the way. What was one of the main things they were desperately in need of towards the end of things in 2022? Whether it be towards the end of the season or in the playoffs, they were looking for a leadoff hitter, which obviously they would have had in either DJ or Ben Benintendi, preferably they were both hurt. So they're in need of a leadoff guy. If people aren't trusting DJ with his injury issues, then you're still in need of a leadoff guy. And if Ben Benintendi doesn't come back, then you're still in need of one. So Reynolds could serve as that. He is a solid hitter all around. He's a switch hitter, which makes things even better. So there's really not much to frown upon when it comes to him, so I would hope that they're at least in on him, especially given how many problems he could potentially solve for the Yankees. So I hope that the Judge situation, while they're keeping that as their top priority, hopefully, I hope that doesn't mean they're turning a blind eye to everything else, because there are other things to do here. Um, Whether it be evaluating what to do on the left side of the infield, whether it be sticking with what you already have with DJ and then Peraza and... Maybe even using Oswaldo Cabrera, holding on to Glaber Torres or not, depending on whether he can get something worthwhile back or not in a big trade package, possibly. Um, when to bring up Volpe, because you want to use him because you raved so much about him. And there have been plenty of reports saying the Yankees want the middle infield to be him and Peraza, so they have things to balance with that. What are you going to do with the outfield? Or adding a bullpen armor, potentially adding a Rodon to the rotation. These are things that you also have to balance if you're the Yankees right now. It is mainly about Judge, but it's not all about him. There are other things that need to be done as well. So I hope that they're keeping their eyes open with other areas of need, whether or not they get Judge back. In either situation, I want them making other moves other than just bringing Judge back. Obviously, they need to make other moves. That's not the end of putting the puzzle pieces together with just bringing Judge back. Like I've said, they have a lot of other things to attend to. Next up is my friend Spencer at Musician DMD saying, I see Judge's situation as different from Machado and Harper when they were free agents. I got the sense they couldn't find a team willing to meet their price, and as such, they didn't land their contracts until well after the new year of their respective years. I foresee him landing a contract before Christmas, I sure hope he comes back to the Yankees. Like our fellow Yankee fans, the concern is a rival team will offer him an unexpectedly extraordinary contract. The thing all those situations have in common, we never see them coming. Yeah, and sometimes we never see certain moves the Yankees make coming because sometimes we know that Cashman likes to operate quietly. So, and by the way, still no new official contract for him, but uh, (laughs) things are still going as if he's still... 
under contract as the GM. So <laughs> it is what it is there. But yeah, I happen to agree, Spencer, for the reasoning that I gave before as well. It wasn't really that much of an indication as to what direction those two, like Harper and Machado, were leaning all those years ago. It was really, you know, anybody's sort of pick and who was going to offer him what, and there were multiple suitors. Like I said, the two suitors seem to really be out in the open right now. And considering it's just a matter of negotiating over these next few days and in person at the winter meetings... It could very well get done before the week ends, but even if it doesn't, yeah, I have to imagine like you and another comment prior, I forget who it is, I'm sorry about that, but saying that it could get done before Christmas, I have to agree with you. I just, I don't think that this is something that the Yankees or Judge or maybe even the Giants since they're in on it, I don't think this is something that they want going on like deep into the offseason. I just can't see that being like that. So in other words, if this is still going on, I'll say in... The first or second week of January, towards the later part of the first week of January, I will genuinely be shocked. I will be. I think this gets done very possibly even before this weekend's, but definitely like Spencer and that other comment said, definitely before Christmas, no doubt about that. But yeah, like I said before, there could be a mystery team that you know comes in out of nowhere, gets involved into the mix, and offers a crazy contract, another high market team. Could be Boston, could be the Mets, could be the Dodgers, even though they've already been mentioned. And there's the Yankees and the Giants. You can't imagine it's a lower market team, obviously. So who the hell knows? <laughs> who knows? But the two players in this obviously seem to be the Yankees and Giants, as it seems to have been most of the way through, pretty much. So, all right, we're almost an hour in here. Let's finish off with the usual final two. First up is my girlfriend at Vic Salimo, and Vic says, no, not yet. Because nothing is ever easy with the Yankees, and I feel this will be no exception. <laughs> of course, I'd love to be proved wrong and would love for this to all be done at the winter meetings. I can't stand the anticipation anymore. Well, I hope you're wrong too, but remember, it's not all about the Yankees, babe. It's also about the Giants. They could also get this done before the winter meetings if he is to go there. They could get it done before the winter meetings end as well. So it's not just about the Yankees, but if he is to return to the Yankees, yeah, I... I, too, hope that it gets resolved as soon as possible, as I have to imagine everyone else would like as well. Nobody likes a dire situation like this dragging on for too long. I'm sure not even the two parties themselves would very much enjoy that, so... I don't know, we'll see what happens, but I do hope you're wrong about it going, like, deep into the offseason, really. I don't want that, and I'm pretty sure nobody else wants that either. And last but certainly not least, as usual, is my mom, Julia Gina Scudero, and she says, I do believe Judge will decide his fate during these winter meetings. I know Garrett Cole did the same a few years ago in 2019. After the huge loss of Jacob deGrom from the Mets, I hope the same fate does not happen to our beloved Yankees. I want another Jeter-dedicated Yankee player in Judge. I hope he remains loyal. We shall see. We shall, shouldn't we? But yeah, I think everybody would like this resolved as soon as possible. Yes, you're right. As I mentioned in the intro, Garrett Cole did sign during the winter meetings in 2019. And uh, yeah, that's why I saw a lot of Yankee fans on Twitter. A lot of them refrained from laughing at Met fans too badly after the DeGrom news because they were like, hey, well, we could be crying all the same next week if a judge decision is made and it is not to our liking. So, <laughs> And I think that's a wise move. So, 
Yeah, hopefully the same thing doesn't happen. I know some fans out there are not too bothered about the DeGrom situation. Again, like I said before, because of his lack of pitching due to his health. But in the same breath, I'm sure they're also not happy about what happened. <laughs> but, yeah, listen, you don't want to... You don't want to rag on anybody, especially if you could be in the same position with the same feelings. Not too long thereafter would not be too wise. But about loyalty, I mean, that was a whole subject before. We've spoken about it all throughout time and knowledge knowing that baseball and sports overall now is just a big business more so than anything. And we've spoken about it at great length today here as well. So I don't know. I mean, the details will come out later when he actually accepts an offer as to what Offers were given by both sides. And if he happens to take like a little bit at least, even if it's just a little bit, a little bit less years or a little bit less money with the Yankees, yet he still sides with them, then yeah, there's there's loyalty there. Um, but if it's all about years and the money itself, and he just went wherever he got more of either or both factors, uh, then that'll speak for itself too. But uh, we know how it is nowadays. We know. And... As much as I love Judge, you know, I wouldn't put it past him to just, you know, wherever the years and the money are, that's where he'll go. Can't say I would blame him, especially because I've been the one preaching that he has earned the right to ask for whatever he wants after the season he had when he betted on himself. He doubled down on himself and succeeded with flying colors. So you can't blame the man for asking for whatever he wants because he earned that right. What any of his suitors are planning on giving him or intend to give him or think is right to give him well that's up to them and what he wants to do is up to him it'll certainly be interesting how it shakes out in the end and like I said I can't wait to see what the offer is that he actually ends up accepting I'm definitely curious as to the final number of years and money I know a lot of people have said nine years and 350 plus a lot of people have said nine years 360 for an even annual average of $40 million a year. I mean, they could end up front-loading the contract. I mean, if they are going to do any loading in either direction, it's going to be a front-load because by the back end, they'll expect him to be on the decline naturally because of age. If he is signed to a nine-year deal, then it's going to, by the time it's done, he'll be around 40 years old. So, obviously, if they want to do any loading of the contract, it'll be a front-load because that's when they'll expect most of his production to take place as he finishes his prime and transitions out of it and continues to age as his career progresses. <sighs> so it is very interesting. Will it be nine years? Will they be able to get him on an eight-year deal? Will it be pushed to ten years? Ten years? <sighs> I don't know. I don't want to make it seem like it's too big a difference from eight because they're both very long-term commitments. <laughs> no doubt about that. One's not significantly larger than the other. You're only talking about a difference of a year or two in the grand scheme of things. We talk about eight years, nine years, ten years. But how much money goes along with that? And how do they structure the contract? All things that I cannot wait to see when it's ultimately decided on, when it's offered by whichever side he chooses, and when it's accepted by Judge himself. I certainly hope it's with the Yankees. I have said it will be with the Yankees for months now. I am sticking to that until the very end, until otherwise happens. I do think it's very possible it could wrap up at some point during the winter meetings, which goes on until Wednesday, obviously, through Wednesday. So it'll, by the time Thursday arrives, they will have just ended. 
And then obviously you just got the rest of the offseason after that to see what happens until spring training begins. And in the meantime, like I said, a lot more subjects remain in the background. Shortstop, the entire left side of the infield at large. And what happens for the rest of the infield, meaning second base, because you already got Rizzo down at first. He resigned, as I also wanted, and speculated would happen. So I'm happy about that, as I have expressed. What are you going to do with Glaber? And if Glaber leaves, what are you going to do in the infield? I mean, you have plenty of options. You brought IKF back if you're not planning on getting rid of him before the end of the offseason. How are you going to use him? Where are you going to use him? Better not be at shortstop and on a regular basis. What are you going to do with Peraza? You're finally going to give him his shot? When are you going to bring up Volpe and where are you going to play him when you do? What's the deal with DJ? Do you trust him because of his health? Could you put him at third base every day or would you move him back to second base for the time being and maybe use IKF a little bit at third base if he's still around since that is his better position? What are you going to do in left field? Are you going to bring Benintendi back or are you actually going to take this Reynolds situation seriously and possibly even try to trade for him? What are you going to do with Rodon in the rotation? What are you going to do in the bullpen? Are you going to get any relievers? Even though I think it was a plus addition by subtraction, you just lost Castro now. So, there are a lot of things to talk about. How are you going to handle Hicks and Donaldson's contract? Are they really still going to be on this freaking roster in 2023? I think there's a legitimate chance that they might not be, and the Yankees might actually try to offload those ridiculous contracts, especially in the sense of Donaldson. His is far more ridiculous. At least Hicks is only making give or take $10 million. Donaldson's making nearly twenty-five <laughs> for the, for the production he put up last year offensively. Give me a break. So, these are all questions and needs and concerns that have been out there even before the offseason started. Quite frankly, raised by me and just about everybody else in the Yankee community. What are they going to do? When's it going to happen? Is this judge situation going to be wrapped up during the winter meetings? If it is, and there is major news he makes a decision, then I will be right back here next Sunday. I will be coming out with an episode next Sunday and the Sunday after that on the 18th. If a judge decision is made and comes to light at some point this week during the winter meetings, I'll be right back at you next Sunday. Otherwise, we'll keep this bi-weekly thing going. I'll take next Sunday off, and then I'll be back at you on the 18th. Either way, you will be hearing from me again before Christmas, I promise. (laughs) So... That is that, guys. A lot to be excited about. A lot to wait on. A lot to talk about over the course of the next few days. I will be very vocal on Twitter. I've been a bit quiet on Twitter for the last few weeks now. I've just been kind of keeping to myself. I've been putting my baseball tweets and thoughts and opinions out there. I have been here and there, but I've mainly been quiet. I've just been trying to take some time to myself and concentrate on my job and this podcast and whatnot. You got to take a little bit of a step back from social media every now and again. If you don't, you lose your freaking mind. So that's what I've tried to do a little bit. But especially during winter meetings time, I'm always very vocal and I intend to do just that this year again. Especially because, like I said, this is the first time since 19 that the winter meetings are even happening. So I'm very excited and I can't wait to see what transpires. And if anything major does transpire, even if they sign like a Rodon or something like that, or if there's a big trade made, if they trade for Reynolds, I'll be back next Sunday if anything big happens because I want to talk about it. So that's the exception. Anything big happens, then we break from the bi-weekly plan a little bit, and we put out some freaking content because that's what a content creator does. So we'll see what happens over the course of this next week it ought to be really really exciting guys I can't freaking wait personally and I hope you 
are as excited as I am because a lot of things have the potential of happening before the end of the week. And I hope they do because I want myself an exciting ass off season like we all do. But as for now, that is just about all for episode 165 of Yapping Yankees, my friends. But before I go, as always, if you do not already, please follow me across all social medias. You can find me on Facebook. You can find my fan page at Mike Scudero NY. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and Instagram at Mike Scuds 97. Please be sure to also subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms it's available on if you have not already. That is YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And show your love across all of the platforms as you usually do, my good people. And if you have the time, if you've missed any past Yapping Yankees episodes, well, don't fret. You can listen to them. Episodes 34 up to 165 today are all on YouTube. And every single Yapping Yankees episode from episode one over three and a half years ago all the way to 165 today, all of them are available on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Once again, I thank you 3,000 for listening to me yap today. As always, my friends, I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you, well, kind of depends, because if anything big happens at the winter meetings this week, then I'll be right back at you next Sunday on December 11th. If things are hella quiet and nothing happens, then We'll stick with the bi-weekly format of the offseason, and I will be back at you on Sunday, December 18th, when I come at you with episode 166 of Yapping Yankees. And let's hope that the former happens, because we want ourselves an exciting-ass winter meeting session. But until then, guys, hang in there, be patient, especially with this winter meetings and rumors talk. Stay safe. Look out for your loved ones. Go ahead and kick life's ass this week, guys, no matter how freaking cold it is out. And in the meantime, let's keep our eyes peeled for baseball news, especially with Aaron Judge, and we'll see what this year's winter meetings have in store, and hopefully it makes its triumphant return with a lot of big news and deals going down. And in the event that it does, I'll be right back here next week talking with you about it. We'll see what happens. Take care, my good people.